You're listening to Terror is Really Not That Hard, a podcast where I debunk all the mysteries and misconceptions about the ever-polarizing tarot. Whether you're a super logical human being who wants science as an explanation, or someone who believes that there are some things that just simply cannot be explained, this podcast is for you. My name is Shorajit Dutt, I've been reading tarot for a few years now, and I'm on a mission to show the world just how fun and interesting tarot can be, because it really, really isn't that hard. Alright, good day to everybody and welcome to this brand new episode. Now today we're going to tackle the question that I almost always get as the first question that's asked to me by people who are new to the world of tarot when they do a reading for the first time. And if it's not the first question they ask, it's almost always the second question they ask. We are of course talking about what it is that you can actually ask the tarot. And yes, as a side note, it's called The Tarot. If you ever refer to it as an entity, know that it's called The Tarot. Now, putting my casual elitist comment aside, let's really dive into what it is that you can and you can't ask Tarot, because Tarot will not solve every problem for you, but most of them are more than applicable here. Now, the very first thing I want to talk about, right, I want to talk about the deck of cards that I personally use. Why do I want to? Because of what that deck is called. The deck I use is known as the Wild Unknown Tarot Deck, and I feel like that title really sums up the kind of questions you can ask the tarot. And at the same time, it also kind of covers the questions that you should ask the tarot. I mean, you can probably ask how long your smartphone is going to last you, but you probably shouldn't. Anyway, I feel like this phrase, the Wild Unknown, really encompasses the kind of questions that tarot can answer. In other words, if it's something that statistics or user reviews or just some quantitative data can't answer, then tarot is probably the place to go. So for example, if you're thinking, oh, I should probably ask how well I'm going to do on that test that I just gave, it's probably not the kind of question that you want to bother asking the tarot, right? Because in terms of tests, there are really only two factors to look at. One, how much did you study? And two, do you really understand the subject that you studied? If the answers to both of these are going to be yes, then you're going to score well. If they're not, then you're going to score accordingly, right? Then there are other things like, oh, how long will this appliance last? Or how good is this piece of electronic equipment that I just bought, right? There are other people who have more than likely used that and have put up reviews and pros and cons and the rigidity, the quality of what you're dealing with. And as a result, those things can be measured by quantitative data, right? But if you're dealing with something that cannot be, for example, your love life, your work life, maybe some entrepreneurial venture, maybe some drama in your friend circle, maybe you want to see what kind of personal principles you should follow, maybe even something as big as the direction that you would want your life to take right now. All of these things cannot be measured by statistics or some quantitative data. These are only things that something like the wild unknown can answer because these are all a part of that kind of category, right? These are things that are a part of the unknown. 
and depending on how significant they are, they can be considered wild. And I'm not saying that to try to sound cool, I'm saying that in the sense of what is that degree of that unknown factor. If you're talking about something as big as the direction your life should go and or the direction that you want your life to go, that is a very volatile thing, especially when we talk about timelines. Like I mentioned earlier, tarot is kind of independent of whatever beliefs you have in your timeline. But in terms of what you don't know and what could very well happen when you're looking at a very lengthy time period such as that or a very drastic situation, that kind of volatility really shoots all the way up. And that's why I would condone it to be a case of the wild unknown because it's got a lot of volatility. There are a lot of things that could happen and a lot of factors, a lot of parts. As a result, this is something that's very, very unknown to you and something that all the quantitative data in the world could not predict even if it wanted to. And even the more minor things out of everything I just mentioned, right, those are all unknown factors. Those aren't things that stats or data could predict. And those are the kind of questions and those are the kind of topics that you can really delve into when it comes to tarot. That's the kind of thing that tarot can answer for you. Now that you know what you can ask, let's talk about the process of it because that ties in very closely to what you can ask. Now, by far, one of the most important things in actual tarot reading is the question. And I'm not talking about, oh, having a question or knowing what to ask about. I'm talking about the framing of it. Now, this may seem like a very unimportant thing. However, when it comes to interpreting the reading, the question is imperative because the reading will be interpreted according to what the asked question was. Moreover, you can get a much more detailed and much more specific and apt answer by asking the right kind of question. Now, this is in part due to the way that the reading is interpreted. However, in some cases, it's also because the cards respond in a different manner depending on the kind of question you ask. So let me give you an example to show you what I mean, right? And let's talk about a very common situation. Somebody's at the workplace, they're performing well, and they're wondering when the people around them, specifically their bosses or managers, are going to notice this hard work and give them some sort of maybe promotion or raise or whatever it is that they're seeking. Now, at first glance, you might think that the best question you could possibly frame from this kind of a problem is, when will my hard work be noticed? However, if you really look at that question, what kind of answer would you get? A date or a certain time period? And while the cards will output some kind of answer, it'll be very difficult to read and infer because what you're effectively asking for is a specific point in time or you're asking for a date. Right? You want to know around when or exactly when that will happen. And that becomes more of a one-word kind of answer, which is really not the kind of answer that any tarot deck will ever give you. So what kind of question should you frame from this? I personally, as a tarot reader, would ask you to frame it to be, what are the incidents leading up to the fruition of all of my efforts? Now really, let's break down that question. You're asking for events, 
first and foremost. So what you're looking at is you're going to get clues from the deck. It's going to tell you, okay, this is going to happen. And then this is going to happen. Or you're going to have this sort of environment going on there. And then when we look at fruition of my efforts, what we're actually giving there is a context. So for a Celtic cross, which is what I would personally use if somebody asked me this question, that entire left half of the reading, which revolves around the situation, has some really, really good bases. And so does the right-hand side, which deals with the individual. Because you're talking about what events lead up to the fruition of someone's efforts. So if you really look at it, the events are going to be handled on that left half. And the fruition and the efforts are really going to be handled on the right part. Because the left part, when it comes to the events leading up to it, is going to revolve around the situation you've given. So it's very clear to the reader what to infer, as well as very clear for the cards. Now, when you're looking at the right-hand side, when it comes to the person, you're looking at the fruition of efforts. So you're talking about the person's mentality, the hard work that they've put in, and you're also giving that last card, which talks about the outcome in a 10-card Celtic cross, that outcome is being given a very clear direction. So if reading tarot seemed pretty easy to you before, it's really not as easy as it seems on the surface. And really figuring out the question is half the battle in tarot because you have to figure out what kind of question will not only make it very easy to send the message across from the person to the cards in the event that they are dealing with a ethereal reader, but also make it very easy for me as a reader to interpret and tell them what's actually going on in this reading without really confusing them, which will work really for both ethereal and psychological readers. So really, framing the question is one of the most important parts in a tarot reading, not just because it makes it easier for the reader to communicate things to the person who's taking the reading, but also because it paints a much clearer image for the person who's trying to communicate with the cards in the event of taking up a ethereal reading. Now, how does it actually do that? Well, in the process of a tarot reading, there are three steps. The first step is to frame that question. Now, once you've got that question framed, which is a very critical part, and sometimes you find readers spending maybe five to seven minutes just on this part of it because it's so important to how successful the reading's going to be, then you move on to the shuffling. Now, in the shuffling, you're dealing with two situations depending on whether you have an ethereal reader or you have a psychological reader. And really, the difference is in who's holding the cards and who's thinking of what's really going on. But the thing that remains constant is the importance of that aforementioned question, which is why both type of readers will always put a very big emphasis on framing this question. So in the shuffling phase, two things happen. The first is the person who's supposed to shuffle. So I'll tackle the ethereal part of it first. In an ethereal reading, what happens is the person who's asking the question will shuffle the deck while keeping that question that was framed by the reader in their mind repeatedly just going over and over and over in a loop while shuffling. And they'll keep doing this until they feel like this current shuffle, right? I'm shuffling, I'm shuffling and shuffling. Now I feel like, okay, I've shuffled enough. My answer is here. At that point in time, you would move on to the second stage where 
you cut this freshly shuffled deck of cards into three different piles. So you just take that main deck and you split it into three. Now really the difference here in the psychological version is that the reader themselves would keep the aforementioned question in mind while shuffling and then do the splitting himself into three. And the third step is to then put your hand on top of each of these three subdecks and then tell the reader which one feels like it contains your answer. And then, of course, the reader will proceed to lay out the spread that's appropriate and interpret what the tarot cards are telling him. Now, there is one spread that is a bit of an exception, and that would be the connection spread. Now, the connection spread involves multiple iterations of these steps. And really, it can go one of two ways depending on how many people are there. Now, if the connection spread is, for example, being done by a couple and, you know, both members are there, then the first iteration would be done by one person from the couple and the second iteration would be done by the other person in the couple. And then there will be one last iteration in which the two members will sort of alternate. One of them will perform step one, the other will perform step two, and maybe both of them figure out a way to perform step three together or they decide on who gets to do step three. The other alternate is when one of the two members shows up. And this is a little more common than both of them showing up. But in any case, what happens is you still have to do three iterations, only this time in the first iteration, the person themselves would you know, think about themselves in this interpersonal relationship or romantic relationship. In the second step, they would think about how the other person is. And in the third step, they think about both of them together. So in the case of the connection spread, you'd have to do multiple iterations. So that's the one that usually takes a little longer than the others. But really, that's it. I mean, that's the whole process of conducting a reading. And more importantly, what you can ask in any and all tarot readings. As always, if you have any questions, please hit me up at the email that's mentioned in the description of this podcast. My name is Shurjit Dutt, and I'll see you next week.